Welcome to Plant Medicine Transmissions with Javier Regueiro. In this episode of Plant Medicine Transmissions, I would like to continue our exploration of the sacred. We spoke about entheogens. Entheogens are substances but also processes that put us in touch with the sacred. Therefore, entheogens are sacred. Ayahuasca and San Pedro and other plant medicines are not only sacred to the native people from where these medicines come from, but they are sacred, period. When uh, we think, for instance, about ayahuasca, a brew that, in order to take full effect, needs two different plants that do not necessarily grow nearby to each other, the ayahuasca vine and the chacruna plant, we are at a loss in, in trying to understand how humans came across such a combination. A combination that would take thousands of years through a scientific exploration to come up with. This is an indication that ayahuasca has an element of the suprahuman, of something beyond our everyday dimension. We may call it sacred, we may call it extraordinary, but it all points to the same reality that we are here engaging with a medicine that transcends human everyday life. And we can speak in the same terms in regards to San Pedro Huachuma, which has been an ancestral medicine very much revered by the people along the Andes where it grows. Another indication of the sacredness of these medicines is the profound reverence that the people in Peru still to this day feel towards these medicines. A reverence that is often mixed with fear. And uh, in the definition of sacred, there is also this aspect of forbidden. Now, this is an important aspect of this process. The prohibitions, the taboos surrounding sacred medicines are the same kind and have the same purpose as the prohibitions, the taboos surrounding certain esoteric spiritual processes, such as, for instance, 
original Indian Tantra. These taboos were put in place not to infringe upon our freedoms, but because of their power. For me, ayahuasca and San Pedro are extremely powerful medicines, which is why I approach them with utmost respect. And I believe the process that ayahuasca and San Pedro invite us into has most importantly to do with consciousness. And for me, the work with consciousness is the most delicate of all processes. To use a mundane example, it would be the difference between looking for a dermatologist for a skin lesion or a cut and choosing a brain surgeon for an important brain surgery. Since the brain affects our whole being in very important ways, then uh, the choice of such surgeon would most likely imply much deeper research, much deeper attention to all details involved in that surgery. The power of entheogens, their ability to touch us, to affect us on a very deep level, a very psychic, emotional, mental and spiritual level, makes them the sacred medicines that they are known as. Now, we have forgotten as Westerners, as modern people, what the attitude towards the sacred ought to be. We believe that we should have absolute freedom over our actions and lives and do as we please. We struggle to honor the authority of anybody or anything other than our own selves and our own egos. After declaring the death of God, which up until that moment had been the highest authority, after World War II, we started systematically killing our fathers and any authority figure in our society. We started questioning their authority to the point where there is nowadays no real authority left. And whoever tries to hold that space, that position of authority, is often questioned and is often denigrated. In my own personal journey, the highest uh, goal, the most important pursuit since early adolescence had been uh, the pursuit of freedom. As an adolescent, as a young man, 
I uh, rebelled against all forms of authority and felt a fair bit of resentment towards anything and anybody that I perceived to limit my own personal freedom. It wasn't until my late 20s that I realized that my biggest, strongest shackles were not coming from the outside in the form of parents or governments and whatever. But those shackles were right between my ears. It were the shackles of my own mind and of my own limiting beliefs. So I started looking inside and integrating those limiting beliefs that kept me small and that kept me enslaved. As part of that, it was also realizing how my strongest master was simply my mind and how identifying with my mind, believing that I was my mind, helped me loosen that grip to a point of increased personal freedom in all levels of my life. In 2005, when I first went to Iquitos, recognizing that I knew nothing about the world of the Amazon and uh, the workings of plant medicine, allow me to offer my trust to the people who were leading me in this process and to respect whatever they said, whatever they counseled. Still, I would uh, question in my mind the sanity of certain approaches, if anything, that led me to explore and try to understand with my rational mind how this world actually worked. But still, most importantly, was surrendering to the authority of the plant medicine person, later on my teacher, and uh, offering them my trust, my surrender. That trust was always well-placed, which is not always the case for Westerners, non-natives visiting Peru or the Amazon jungle. I guess I was ready to have that experience of letting go and offering my trust to something and someone other than myself and to have that trust rewarded by very positive experiences. My guess is that by that time I had reached a level of maturity that uh, whenever things didn't go exactly as I unconsciously had expected, I was not uh, questioning the authority 
the wisdom and the knowledge of my teacher, but rather I was questioning my own ability to undergo this process. In retrospect, I could see the wisdom of the processes that I was invited into and also could see how my own inability to meet my goals was a way to keep inviting myself to let go of expectations and to trust the unknown, to trust myself and my own ability to travel those unknown places within myself. Classic Western philosophy, for what it's worth, is said to have started with Socrates acknowledging, I know that I know nothing. I know that I have everything to learn. And that is known as the beginning of true wisdom. So here I was in a foreign country, in a foreign culture, ingesting a mysterious plant medicines and uh, with uh, the awareness that I was indeed a very privileged guest. Whenever people come to join my retreats here in Peru, I make them aware in that you know initial moment of uh, arriving here, that first meeting, I tell them, you know, there will be moments when you're going to be looking for ways to change your plane reservation out of this country as soon as possible, which is a very normal reaction. And I invite them to see how, apart from all the fears and the challenges of this process, how privileged we are as non-natives to be the guests of this country, but also to be able to drink these medicines, which are not just chemical compounds. These medicines within themselves carry the wisdom not only of the people that have worked with them for thousands of years, but also the wisdom of plants and the wisdom of the land of Peru. Each cup of ayahuasca does not contain a foul-tasting liquid. It contains worlds, infinite worlds, of ancestral wisdom and universal wisdom. And we are truly, truly privileged to be able to drink from that cup each and every time. When we take that privilege for granted, we can easily fall into feelings of entitlement and righteousness and the privileged guest quickly turns, often unconsciously, 
into a disrespectful guest, not following the hostess rule, the house rules. I can see how with our Western attitude, oftentimes we start engaging in this process with a sense of entitlement, a right to rewrite the book, to make up new rules in regards to this process. Now, I'm aware of my own ignorance and therefore I choose, I choose someone that I deem uh, wise enough, experienced enough to take me across a journey that is an unknown to me and do my best not to keep questioning that wisdom. My own awareness that I don't know anything is what allows me to be humble, to be patient. Humility and patience are qualities that we sorely lack as Westerners. We have no patience and much arrogance. We say we want to reconnect with the sacred, with our own divinity and the divinity in everything and everybody. And uh, this implies leaving the dimension ruled by the ego and entering a new space, the space of spirituality. As we enter the dimension of spirit, one of the things that sooner or later and the earlier the better that we need to let go of is our own ego and its own expectations and its own arrogance. I'm very reluctant to tell anybody what they need to do with their lives. However, I just pronounced that verb and uh, it is indeed for a reason. It comes from the awareness that there are laws of consciousness that are not subject to discussion or to compromise. Just like Jesus said, you know, if we need to become like children, meaning innocent, playful children, not arrogant children, if we want to cross the gates of heaven, there are laws of consciousness that despite the pretension of the ego cannot be changed. And as we enter the world of spirit, as we keep pursuing our own spirituality, our own healing, our own growth and awakening, then sooner or later we're just going to have to surrender that ego. Healing and spirituality are the tools that support us in letting go of that ego 
and to integrate that child immature self so that we can grow into the responsible mature adults that we are destined to become. Blessings.